You've been hurt. You've been offended. You've been sinned against. Not just once by this person, but many times, again and again and again, it seems like they can't help but hurt you. It seems like they like to sin against you. And it troubles your mind, it burdens your heart, it ties your stomach up in knots, it keeps you from sleeping well at night, and dominates your thoughts so that it's like they're inside your head. And you know you need to, you know you want to forgive, but how? We'll talk about how next week, but this week we're going to talk about what forgiveness is and more importantly first, what forgiveness is not. What someone does to you, especially repeatedly, or how you've been hurt or sinned against, especially repeatedly, makes it hard to forgive. And we get mixed messages from the world, what forgiveness is and what it isn't. We get mixed messages from the church, what forgiveness is and what it isn't. And it makes it hard to forgive or know how to forgive. We need to know what the boundaries are. We need to know what's right. We need to know what's wrong. We need to know what's required of us by Scripture, what's commanded of us by Scripture. C.S. Lewis says, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God had forgiven the inexcusable in us. Nancy Lee DeMoss says, when it comes to forgiveness, our Lord would not command us to do something He would not enable us to do or that He hasn't done Himself. We continue our Bitter Roots series today. We talked last week about how does bitterness grow. We'll talk next week about how to forgive. And we'll talk two weeks from now about what does freedom feel like. The freedom once you do forgive and once you are free from all these things. But today we talk about what is forgiveness. That's the question we want to answer. Charles Stanley defined it this way in his book, Uh, about forgiveness. He says, forgiveness is the act of setting someone free from an obligation to you that is a result of a wrong done against you. Setting them free from an obligation to you that is a result of a wrong done against you. That's how Stanley defines it. A debt is forgiven when you forgive, free the debtor from the obligation to pay you back. I've got one simple statement that you can write down or you remember, hopefully, that I say again and again. You've probably heard me say it, I don't know, a hundred times from this pulpit. Forgiveness is freeing. Forgiveness is freeing. Forgiveness is like being locked inside a jail cell, but the key is hanging right on the wall outside the jail and you can reach through, grab the key. Unlock the door and step out yourself. Forgiveness is like being the vessel in which an acid is corroding the inside, yet you have the ability to reach down and pull the drain plug and let out all the acid. That's forgiveness as we continue to study this. Forgiveness is the solution. It's the way to get rid of bitterness. We want to look at our Scripture Memory Verse of the Month, and our Scripture Memory Verse of the Month will be our key text for today, although today is a topical sermon in which we'll have dozens of Scriptures, but they'll all be interspersed. But let's read this with me. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. 
Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Let's pray. God, our Father, we have this scripture that we just read on the screen in our minds and has just fallen off the tip of our tongue. That we're to get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander and every form of malice. We're to be kind, compassionate, and we're to forgive others just as you forgave us. But it's not always that easy. Depending on the depth of our hurt, the length of our hurt, the type of hurt, it's not easy. So God, we come to you with that humility in mind that you would give us the graciousness of spirit to choose grace, to offer mercy, to forgive, but also the resolve and the strength to understand how to set up proper boundaries as well and to protect ourselves as best we can from future hurts. God, we pray that by your spirit, you speak in this service now. In the name of Jesus, everyone says together, amen. Well, we want to look at eight things forgiveness is not in our sermon today, first off, then eight things that forgiveness is. And many of these I get from, and I adapted from this book I've talked to you about before, Total Forgiveness by R.T. Kendall. He's got a series of books here, and Kendall really set me free 12 years ago, and he might do the same thing for you in dealing with forgiveness. A lot of folks write this way, but Kendall was the first one, so I'll give him credit for it. But forgiveness is not approving what they did. That's the first thing we need to know, that forgiveness is not approving what the other person did. We never approve of sin. Sin's never acceptable. It's never a a time to approve it, even if it's a hurt, even if it's an offense, even if it's unkindness. We never approve of what the other person did against us. Think about even what Jesus said in John chapter 8 with the Samaritan woman at the well. He said to her, leave your life of sin. Yes, she knew what she did was sinful, but he told her to uh, leave that. He wasn't approving it. A question for us to consider is, have you ever forgave in a way that condones someone's behavior, that excuses them, that minimizes them, that justifies it? Well, we get that one in our second point, excusing what they did. Forgiveness is not excusing what they did. Now, depending on you, your nature, your character, depending on the person who has offended you or certainly if they've sinned against you, it might be natural for you to want to, therefore, as most of us are rational, reasonable people, we want to be able to understand what's going on and therefore we want to know the reason why somebody did something. And even though we're still hurt, it makes it a little easier on us to be able to say, well, they were just having a bad day or they don't normally act that way and we excuse what they did. But when it comes to sin, we cannot cover the sins of another. We cannot cover sin. It's appointed once for man to die and after that to face judgment. All of us will be judged for all the things we've done, righteous and unrighteous, lawful and unlawful, sinful, whatever. Therefore, we cannot and should not excuse their sin. 
We can forgive them, however. No matter what they've done for us, we can forgive them as reasonable people who want to understand, as gracious people who want to be compassionate, we can forgive. But forgiveness doesn't approve. Forgiveness doesn't excuse. The third thing, forgiveness is not, is justifying what they did. Because when we seek to understand what they did, and we seek to excuse it, we seek to justify what they did as if it's not as bad, as if it wasn't wrong, as if it wasn't sin. Keep in mind, God never calls evil good. God never calls sin righteous. God never excuses sin. And we shouldn't either. Yes, we can understand why they did what they did. Yes, it helps to know and be reasonable and gracious and understanding with them. Yet, the Bible says, and you know it's true, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 We've all sinned, and we will sin against one another because we're in relationship with one another. But that never justifies sinfulness. Even though we're all sinners, even though we have a flesh that tends to sin habitually, it never makes sin right. It doesn't approve it. It doesn't excuse it. It doesn't justify it. It's interesting, however, when it comes to forgiveness, how we tend to justify our own sins, maybe even more than we do the other person's. We give ourselves grace where we wouldn't give someone else grace. And that, frankly, just demonstrates the wickedness and deceptiveness of our own hearts. We've got to consider all these things when we think about forgiveness. The fourth thing that forgiveness is not is pardoning what they did. Forgiveness is not pardoning what they did. Now, we've all heard the stories, we've seen them in movies, we've seen them on television, we've read them in books where a person is accused of a crime and they stand there with their legal counsel in front of the judge and for whatever reason, the judge chooses to pardon them, that they are no longer, even though they're guilty of, they no longer have to deal with the consequence of their sin. They are pardoned for what they've done. You hear about this all the time, particularly in the last days of a president's administration, where he pardons folks. And well, it's in the law books, even though we may look at it and shake our heads and say that it's not right. But come back to your life and my life. Forgiveness is not pardoning what they did. It's not letting the guilty off the hook. Because sometimes we don't want to forgive people because we tell ourselves, if I forgive them, it will be as if I've pardoned them. And it's as if I'm saying that what they did was okay. No, it's not. Sin is still sin. Wrong is still wrong. Offense is still offense. Hurt is still hurt. If they did any of those things to you, you're not pardoning them by forgiving them. You're doing what God did. And think about this. What does God's word say? God says that vengeance belongs to him, not us. And when we forgive somebody, we're taking them off our hook and we're putting them on God's hook. It's a much bigger hook. And I'm not saying that so you'll say, oh, I'm really going to get this person that sinned against me. I'm going to forgive them so God can judge them. <laughs> no. You're not that kind of crazy, at least I think you're not, right? I mean, at least in church, you look all nice and everything. But I know you feel that way sometimes, don't you? I mean, I do. 
I know I should forgive somebody, and in my mind I say to myself, I'm going to forgive them, but I know God will judge them. Whoa! I may have forgiveness in my mind, but I don't have forgiveness in my heart. But let's come back to our point here. Forgiveness is not pardoning what they did. It's not saying that what they did is okay. Consider a parent in a discipline situation where a child has done wrong. The child's repentant when they're confronted, but they'll still face the consequences of what they've done. So forgiveness isn't approving. Forgiveness isn't excusing. Forgiveness isn't justifying. Forgiveness isn't pardoning. The fifth thing forgiveness is not is denying what they did. Sometimes we don't want to forgive because we think if I forgive, it will be as if what they did to me was not wrong, was not sinful, was not hurtful. No, that's not it at wrong at all. Excuse me. There are two parts here when we think about denying. The first is denying what happened between you and them. And the second is denying what happened between them and God. And the reason we need to forgive here. They offended you or sinned against you, but they've also sinned against the God of the whole universe. So this means you don't pretend it didn't happen. You're not denying it. But more importantly, you can't circumvent God. You can't circumvent His judgment, His justice, and know that God is still the one they're ultimately responsible to, no matter what they did to you. Think about Our scripture memory verse for the month, Ephesians 4.32, it says, Forgiving each other as God forgave you. I know because the devil is deceptive and he's a liar and he tempts us to think all sorts of things. That sometimes we think God couldn't forgive us, God wouldn't forgive us, but we need to remember that God says He removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And need to remember that God forgives, therefore we must forgive as well. Let's get to your sixth thing that forgiveness is not pretending you weren't hurt. Forgiveness is not pretending you weren't hurt. It isn't waiting for time to heal all wounds. It's time helps heal all wounds, but you've still got to deal with them. You may need to go to the doctor. You may need to get some medicine. You may need to do some therapy. You may need to do something to heal a spiritual and emotional wound, just like you do a physical wound. So you can't pretend you weren't hurt. You can't keep a stiff upper lip and act like you weren't offended or sinned against. Remember, forgiveness is not approving, it's not excusing, it's not justifying, it's not denying. We'll see in a few. Forgiveness is fully acknowledging the reality of their sin and forgiving even still. Let's get to the seventh thing that forgiveness is not. It's not reconciliation. Forgiveness and reconciliation are both needed. Forgiveness and reconciliation are both biblical concepts. The Bible says to us that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That we should, as we've been reconciled with God, we should seek to reconcile ourselves with one another. This vertical relationship and this horizontal relationship. But forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same thing. Why? Forgiveness is something I can do independent of the other party. Let's say Colby. Colby's my friend, but let's say Colby hurt my feelings. 
He didn't know he hurt my feelings. I don't need him to ask my forgiveness. I don't even need him to know he hurt my feelings. And I can release him from the debt of hurting my feelings. I could forgive my friend Colby. But in order for reconciliation to take place, I've got to involve Colby. That's when I have to say, hey, bro, you may not know this. You hurt my feelings, and here's how you hurt my feelings. But I don't like the fact that even though I've forgiven you, I still don't feel like it. So can we talk about how we can be reconciled together so I feel the strength of that relationship still? In reconciliation, the relationship may actually go stronger than weaker because of the work you put in. The person you forgive when it comes to reconciliation, and the reason forgiveness and reconciliation is not the same thing, is that that other person may not want to reconcile with you. That other person may not be able to reconcile with you. Maybe you realize you need to seek, restore a relationship with somebody who you can't find anymore, somebody who's passed away, somebody who doesn't want a relationship with you. So you can forgive them, but you can't come to full reconciliation. So our, fit, or excuse me, our eighth thing that forgiveness is not is forgetting. Forgive and forget is a cliche. Matter of fact, I would say to you, you forgive, but you don't forget because you can't forget. On the one side, we're human and we remember significant things that happen to us, particularly if they're painful. We don't forget those things. And though we forgive, we might not need to forget We may need to set boundaries. We may need to change relationship status. We may need to go in a different direction in order that that past sin, hurt, or offense doesn't continue to occur. It is greater grace, greater love, when we are fully aware of what has happened to us and we still forgive. Hebrews 8.12 says that God remembers our sin no more. He is able to. Because He has the Holy Spirit within us. I would warn us that forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is freeing. And we've got to move on to what forgiveness is. We've got eight points about what forgiveness is. After we answer this question. Which of these eight things that forgiveness is not is most challenging to me and why? It might be depending on the person. It might be depending on the situation. What challenges you? Have you fully forgiven? Have you acted like you forget even though you're still holding on? Are you justifying? Are you denying? Are you pardoning? It's hard. Let's move on and talk about what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is first knowing what was done and still forgiving. Fully recognizing, fully realizing what was done and still forgiving. The sin, the offense, the hurt, the conflict, the brokenness, the pain. God calls us to peace. Philippians 4, 7 says to us, let the peace of Christ 
guard our hearts and our minds. We needed to guard our hearts as our feelings and our emotion. We needed to guard our minds as our thoughts and our decisions. In order to be forgiving, we've got to fully recognize what has happened, that it was wrong, that it was a sin, yet still forgive and ask God to guard our hearts and minds. And it's hard work to do that. Peace does its hard work through Christ Jesus. He guards our hearts and our minds, Philippians 4, 7, through Christ Jesus, not on our own, but in, by, through, and with Jesus working through us. Jesus makes the difference in forgiveness. The second thing that forgiveness is, is choosing to keep no record of wrongs. Choosing to keep no record of wrongs. Although we do not forget, we also choose not to keep score, not to keep a record of wrongs. One minute we're thinking, oh, I'm so loving. I'm such a great Christian person. The next time, minute, somebody does something to us and we're like, that jerk, could you believe what they just did to me? Okay. 1 Corinthians 3, 5 says, love keeps no record of wrongs. No record Not to forgive, not to forget, but not a lack of proper boundaries. It's not bringing it up again. It's a divine balance that even though you recognize how you were sinned against, even though you know how you were hurt or offended, that you keep no record of wrongs. Romans 13, 8 says, let no debt remain outstanding. Even the debt of someone who sinned, hurt or offended you, except the continuing debt to love one another. Forgiveness is releasing a debt. Forgiveness is an act of love. Forgiveness is keeping no record of wrongs. Let's move on to the third thing that forgiveness is. It's refusing to punish them. Sometimes when we're hurt, when we have been sinned against, we feel justified in our anger and we are going to do what they've done to us. They punch us, we're going to punch them. They say something ugly to us, we're going to say something ugly to them. They manipulate us, we're going to manipulate them. They don't forgive us, we're not going to forgive them. Wait a second. Jay Adams says forgiveness isn't a feeling. Forgiveness is a promise. It's promising to no longer hold the offense against them. When you don't hold the offense against them, you don't punish them for it. It's Deuteronomy 32.25 that where God says, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. Two times in the New Testament, that very passage of Scripture is quoted. It's important for us to remember, it's not ours to punish, it is God's to punish. When we let them off the hook, they're on God's hook. And the vindication, the punishment, the balancing of the scales, that's God's work, not my work. Therefore, I refuse to punish them no matter what they did. Our job is to trust God and to love others, to get rid of all bitterness, anger, rage, slander, malice, to get rid of all these things, trusting God to help us and to help them. Let's move on to the fifth thing on your outline. The fifth thing, or excuse me, the fourth thing is refraining to talk about them. Refraining to talk about them because Come on, you know it's real. You know you should forgive. You have forgiven them, but somehow you can't miss the temptation of saying ugly things about them. 
talking about them behind their back, which is gossip, which is a sin. Remember, as we talked about last week, just as bitterness grows from the seed of unforgiveness, puts down the roots of bitterness, then the plant grows up. Anger, rage, malice, all these other things grow from this seed of unforgiveness and the root of bitterness. That one of those things that adds to that soil, fertilizes it, makes it really nice for all that ugly stuff to grow, is gossip. When we haven't truly forgiven, we add water and sunlight and fertilizer and all that stuff through gossip. And then that ugly root of bitterness grows to all this nasty stuff in our life and in our relationship with others. Proverbs 17, 9 says, He who covers over an offense promotes love, but whoever relates the matter separates close friends. It's saying if you gossip to someone, you're going to separate others. Gossip is sin. It's deadly. It's divisive. It ruins relationships. Let's move on to our fifth point about what forgiveness is. It's being merciful. We refuse to punish them. We refrain from talking about them. And the heart of those things is mercy. Grace is giving us what we don't deserve, what we can't earn. Mercy is withholding from us what we do deserve. Two sides of the same coin of God's amazing love. Think about what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 7. He said, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. We know God is merciful. We don't deserve it. But He asks us to be merciful to others. Think about uh, Isaiah 53, 6. says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has gone his own way. But God laid on us the iniquity of us all. Our sinfulness is on us. We're all sinners. Or excuse me, God laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Jesus being the Him. God showed us mercy And we need to show other mercy. So in true forgiveness, there's not only the act of the will, the promise to forgive, but an ongoing transformation of your character to be merciful towards others as God has been merciful to you through a supernatural act, repeated, ongoing, continual, intentional act of God transforming your heart To be like Jesus. Forgiveness is merciful. Forgiveness is not keeping a record of wrong. No matter what they did. It's not punish them. and It's not talking about them. It's merciful. Let's move to our sixth point. It's exercising graciousness. Not only should we be merciful to the person that has forgiven us. We should be gracious as well. Philippians 4.8 says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is the filter for our living as followers of Jesus, and it ought to then allow us, because we have forgiven that person and released them from their debt for their sin, hurt, or offense against us, to be gracious towards them. Rather than giving them the cold shoulder, rather than acting them like a jerk, or rather than treating them like they're not there anymore. I'm not asking you to be false, but I am asking you to be gracious. Because God is gracious to us. 
Real forgiveness shows grace. Real forgiveness shows mercy at the same time. Philippians 4, 5 in that same passage of Scripture says, let your gentleness be evident to all. That Greek word there, gentleness, has meanings of forbearance or temperance. It's not harsh. It's not rigorous. It's not critical. It's gracious in attitude and action. Your gentleness be evidence of all. Let's talk about the seventh thing forgiveness is, and that is chucking out bitterness. That's my Texasism. You remember I've talked about this one before, right? Because literally in our scripture memory verse for the month, that's at the top of your outline there where it says, get rid of all bitterness. That is the strongest type of Greek word you can get, and it literally means to chuck it out. Not just set it aside. I'm going to set aside bitterness. Oh, bitterness, I'm going to set you right over here in case I need you. It means chuck the bitterness out of your life as far as you can chuck it. To get Unforgiveness is a seed that grows in the way. Chuck out. Do with that. We're supposed to uproot that sucker and throw it away as far as we can throw it away. Chuck out bitterness. Get rid of it. Bible says in Hebrews 12, 1, let us throw off everything that hinders us and so the sin that so easily entangles us. Unforgiveness and bitterness are the most nasty entangling of all sins. We got to chuck them out. Got to get rid of these weights that we carry around inside of us. The eighth and final thing that forgiveness is. Forgiveness is from the inside. What I mean by that is not only is it a an act of the will, a decision of the mind, but it's from the heart. Not just an outward exercise, but something that needs to transform our heart if we're going to reach true, total, real, genuine forgiveness. We can't wait on the other person to feel guilty. We can't wait on the other person to feel shame. We can't wait on the other person to ask forgiveness. It is up to us to forgive no matter what the other person does. Forgiveness is a choice, an act of the will. Listen to what Nancy Lee DeMoss says. She says, when we get hurt, no matter how serious the wound or how deep the offense, God has grace available to help us deal with the offense and forgive the offender. At that point, we have one of two choices. We can acknowledge our need and humbly reach out to him for his grace to forgive and release the offender or We can resist Him, fail to receive grace, and hold on to the hurt. Forgiveness is an exercise of my will in which I seek to engage the grace of God for me to extend it to others. Forgiveness. You've got a final application question there today. And that's, which of these do I need to embrace and why? Of our list of eight things that forgiveness is, is there one of them that stands out for you? Maybe with one person that has hurt you, offended you, or sinned against you that you need to deal with. Forgiveness is freeing, and God wants you to be free. It's a supernatural act of His love working through you in order to release the debts of others to you. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for the time we can spend together this morning studying your word, considering what forgiveness is not and forgiveness is. And there's so much to consider in this topic, all the facets of it. But the bottom line is, 
We need your help. Forgiveness so often is a supernatural act of you working through us to demonstrate your love through grace, through mercy, and to enable us to forgive. So God, our Father, I pray that whatever it is we need to forgive, we would do right now without delay. God, our Father, I pray if there's anyone here who's never trusted Christ Jesus as their Savior, they would ask His forgiveness today. It's in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.